Hi there, I'm Phil Main, and this is A Life That's Good. Victoria Jubilee Hall in Walkerton. Man, it's been a gathering place for performances and community events for more than 125 years. It has this amazing vibe, too. If you've been in, you know what I'm talking about. It's like when you're there, you could swear sometimes you've been there before. We're joined this week by Joanne Sutton, a friend, fan, and advertising rep of the iconic hall. We'll talk about its history and some of the shows coming up. And speaking of some of the shows coming up, also joining us, my old buddy Bobby, who left me behind years ago to seek the bright lights of Broadway. And then found them. The Robert Creighton, actor, writer, dancer, Broadway star, and Walkerton native will be here to chat about what he's been up to lately, including prepping for a big Christmas show that he's bringing to VJH. Man, life is so good. Episode 38, Victoria Jubilee Hall and Robert Creighton. Here we go. Joanne Sutton is here. Not a Walker native, but in your heart you are, maybe. I am. Yeah. I am. It's the place I've lived the longest. You have lived the longest in mm-hmm. Walkerton? Where are you from? I grew up just outside of Edmonton, Alberta. I'm oh, a good Lord. girl. That's a long ways away. It is a long way away. And what brought you here? Hitchhiking well, experiment gone wrong? <laughs> what? No. My family moved to Ontario when I was in my early 20s, and I was in the GTA for a number of years. And then uh, through uh, a friend of mine, I started spending a bit of time up here and fell in love with the area and thought, well, gee, if I can get a job, I'm going to move there. And I did. What's your your job? I know partly with the hall. uh, Yeah, I'm a volunteer with the hall. Well, I'm semi-retired from the county of Bruce, Uh but I facilitate retirement planning seminars for municipal employees. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Okay. And you love that? I love it. As much as you love the hall? Well, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, you do love Victoria Jubilee Hall. I do love Victoria Jubilee Hall. I moved to Walkerton in 1992, and mm-hmm. very shortly thereafter attended my first performance. What was that? Do you at remember? the hall, it was a gypsy violinist. Oh, cool! Whose name I've forgotten. Uh-huh. And then shortly after that, I was kind of uh, drafted onto the then committee that put together the performances at the hall, and uh, I've never left. Wow, nice. Do you have a favorite show you've ever seen there? Oh, my gosh. You couldn't pick one, probably. I could not pick one, although I have to say the Wingfield series Mm -hmm. puts a special energy into the hall that never changes. We're on our second go-around with the Wingfield series. You know, one of the things that I hear a lot in this area, a lot from friends that don't live in this area, they're they're surprised at the caliber of talent we tend to bring to to places like the Wingham Town Hall Theater and to Victoria Jubilee Hall. People want to come play here, and there's good reasons for it. They get passionate crowds in the places, uh, the acoustics, in VJHR. Amazing. And almost without fail, every performer that that does a show with us comments on how great the acoustics are. I can stand on the stage without a microphone and speak and be heard in the last row of the balcony. It's amazing. Yeah. It's kind of that, it's not not in the round, but it's a a semi-circle. Yeah, it's kind of a curve to it. Yeah, Yeah. more more in the balcony, um, certainly. But yeah, it just, it, 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 it has a nice, cozy feel to it. Yeah. Uh, so the history, do you know when the hall was built? I do indeed. 
1897. Oh. The cornerstone was laid on August the 15th, yeah. 1897. So okay. we just celebrated our 126th birthday. And it was built as the town hall. Mm-hmm. The architect was A.R. Dennison. And the cost to build the hall was $10,000. Which was a lot of money. A lot of money back then. (laughs) And it has eight levels. Eight? Eight. Oh, I would not have guessed that. Eight levels. And the beautiful bell tower and cupola. And the cupola was designed for four clock faces. But when they built the hall, they decided they couldn't afford to put the clock faces in. Mm -hmm. So they sat blank until 2006. And the homecoming in 2006, uh, a couple of citizens stepped forward, Mac and Jean Kirstein and Gladys Jacklin, and they donated the funds to purchase and install the the clocks. And now we have the clock chiming the half hour and Mm. the hour. And there's also an iron bell in the very top of the bell tower, which we ring 15 minutes before a performance at the hall. We offer the opportunity to a performer to do that, and we have a book that they sign when they ring the bell. So we've got lots of great signatures in our book. I bet. That's awesome. So Victoria Jubilee Hall is how many years old then? 126. I'm going to guess at some point in that 126 years, she's had some work done. Oh, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Was there ever a movement to, to, like, a lot of our classic historical halls have been, people try to tear them down. Absolutely. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. In 1995, the then town council got a proposal to renovate, restore the building, and they decided that it was going to be much too expensive and that they should just tear it down, either put something else up or put in a parking lot, you know, paved mm. paradise, put up a parking lot. Yeah. And so the fight began. There was a two-year fight with a group of citizens. Now, the hall has a heritage designation, uh, which I think was granted in 1979. So you can't just tear it down. You have to get the designation removed. So we embarked on a two-year fight, which ultimately we won, thankfully. And in 1997, we formed a branch of the Architectural Conservancy of Ontario, the ACO, and uh, we purchased the building for a dollar. Wow. And then it became ours. And under the auspices of the ACO, we fundraised, got grants, got donations, did everything we could. And we put it on a new roof. We um, reinforced the foundation, etc., and have continued to do so. In the interior, we did as much as we could to keep the original look and feel of the building. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some things had to be upgraded, like like fixtures, mm-hmm. but we found those that were similar to the era. And as soon as we took over the building, we started preparing to put live entertainment back in. When people think of Victoria Jubilee Hall, in most people's minds, they think, if not of the building, they think of the Opera Hall, which is within the building. So was it built with a hall in it? Yes, it it was. Back in, okay. It was, and it was used way back in the day for all sorts of things. It could have been um, political debates. Uh, Originally, the seats on the main floor were not bolted to the floor floor and they could be moved and stored under the stage and that's where they would hold dances. The band would be on the stage, the dance would be on the main floor and people could sit upstairs in the balcony. And we've continued to do upgrades. We continue to, you know, write grants and get donations, you know, service clubs, etc. We just repaired this last couple of years the front step. We have a new digital sound system, working on upgrading lights, all that kind of thing. 
Uh, one of the words you're using a lot right now, and I appreciate it, is the word we. It takes a group oh. of dedicated people to make it happen, doesn't it? It does, and it's purely, uh, well, 99.9% volunteer. We yeah. have one part-time paid employee who works 15 hours a week. Everyone else is a volunteer. There's a board for the ACO, and they're responsible for the uh, maintenance upkeep of the building. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we have JAM, which is Jubilee Arts and Music. Nice. And we are the committee that determines what we book, who we book to play in the hall. And it's all volunteer, as are the people who work at the shows, all volunteers. And we need more. So if anybody's interested, (laughs) please, please come out. (laughs) Well, a lot of people love that hall. What was it that made you fall in love with that hall? Coming from Western Canada, we don't have stuff that's quite that old there no, for we, the most part. Yeah. And from the first time I entered the building, it, there's just a feeling about it. You know, polished wood, mm. handcrafted iron rails in the balcony. Standing on the stage is just such an amazing experience. Um, beautiful velvet curtains. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. Plus, the idea that I had moved from the GTA, where you can't afford to go to see anything. Right. And here it's accessible, very affordable. You know, you don't have to pay for parking. Everything about it just said community. And it's part of what really convinced me of the merits of living in a small town because it's my first time ever living in a small town. I lived in the country. I lived in the big city. Now I live in a small town. There's a lot of history, but we're still making history and bringing in great shows. Do you want to talk about some of the shows coming this year? Sure. Of course, we have Robert Creighton. Broadway Bob is bringing Broadway home for Christmas, our native son. So we're very excited about that on December the 9th. In February, we have Amanda Martinez, okay, who is she Latin al- almost influence. crooner type. Yes, like, yeah, yes. And uh, fun trivia fact: we just had the Sultans of String, yeah, and she's married to the bass player. So, oh, really? Yes. So Drew Burston will be back with Amanda in uh, in February. I so think I have one of fun. hers, maybe two of her CDs. Yeah, she, yes, yeah. Latin and yeah. South African mm-hmm. blend. Very interesting. The Mud Men. Mm-hmm. March 22nd. They're fun. And then our local theater group, County Town Players, they generally do one play a year, and they will be in the hall in April with their performance of a Norm Foster play called Hilda's Yard. And then the Sing Show Chorus, which is our community chorus, and that's Byron and Maria Bala. Mm-hmm. And they will have a spring show May 23rd to the 26th. Oh. You've got some great shows coming then. We do. And more to come. We're in the planning stages now for next year. Lovely. If people want tickets or they want to learn more about Victoria Jubilee Hall or they want to get in touch, how would they do that? Well, the website, which is victoriajubileehall.ca. You can always call the hall. Now, the the hall uh, is staffed between 10.30 and 1.30, Monday through Friday. So someone answers the phone during those hours. You can leave a message if it's outside of those hours. And that's 519-881-2826. Tickets are always available through Ticket Scene. We paired up with Ticket Scene a few years ago. So if you don't have the opportunity to get into Walkerton, you can certainly buy your tickets online. So we maybe covered this, Joanne, but if somebody was to ask you why you feel that Victoria Jubilee Hall is important to Walkerton and the surrounding area, what would you say? Well, that's a, it's a big question with a big answer. Certainly from the performance aspect of it, 
it is a privilege to have the opportunity for live performance right in our own backyard. And it really is something that people need to take advantage of. It's also a community space. It's used by lots of different community groups for various things. You can get married at Victoria Jubilee Hall. Oh, really? To do so, yes. Yes, you can get married in the Opera Hall. And even reaching back to the water crisis in 2000, it became the hub of the town. And that's Mm -hmm. when I think it really started to show the rest of the community how powerful having a building like that was. At one point, I think there were seven different Ontario ministries that rented space in the hall during Mm -hmm. that time period. And people started to realize that as well as a great performance space, it is the heart of the community. Any closing thoughts? Please come out and see shows. Please come out and volunteer. It's a gem. It's a jewel. And we need to keep it going. You you mentioned a song earlier, and I think it's a good way to finish. We don't want this to ever be a situation where you don't know what you got till it's gone. You so bet. supporting the hall and you bet. not having to look back and go, man, I wish I'd gone. Yes. I wish I'd supported it when it was there. Um, we don't ever want it, that sentence to be uttered. Bobby Creighton is with us, Walkerton native, Broadway star, actor extraordinaire. Bobby, not Robert? Well, Robert's the professional name, but my friends call me Bobby, so go right ahead. I can call you Bobby? Yeah, of course. Lovely. I'm but happy. if you're trying to find me anywhere, it's Robert. Okay. I'm, ha- I'm happy to be your friend, by the way. I think you're one of my favorite people. Yeah, great to connect. I mean, we don't stay in touch, but when we talk every 10 years, it's like we just talked yesterday. Exactly. Feel the same. 100% the same. I was just going to say that. You you grew up in Walkerton. I sure did. Were you yep. born there? Uh, well, I was born in the Walkerton Hospital. I okay. lived on the, as my kids will point out the house, because I give them the tour from every time we drive home, starting in, you know, sort of Tiviedale, Harrison, Clifford, Mildmay. They get all the hot spots along the way, so they could give you the tour, too. And they point out the house where I spent the first three and a half years of my life mm-hmm. on the main street of Clifford, and then was born in Walkerton, moved to Walkerton when, just before I was four. Yeah, that was home. Talk about growing up in Walkerton. Favorite memories? Did you get teased or did you did you love it? Was every moment great? You know what? In looking at it from this, as you asked me that today, or as you would have asked me that anytime, growing up in Walkerton was the best thing for me. I mean, not only did you have the small town, you know, you know everybody, you know, you're on your bike over to friends' houses. I'm out on learning things on farms with friends that I'm going to school with. You know, you had you had all aspects of, you know, a, a small rural community that I loved. And then got really lucky because certain people in that community, thinking just now of Bill Sewers, who moved away, educated himself in London, England, moved back, started a boys' choir, and right at the right time. So I was seven, eight, nine, learning how to sight read, learning how to be disciplined, how to really sing properly, how to, all those things. I was obsessed with hockey. You're still obsessed with hockey, buddy. I know, I am. I can't (laughs) let it go. Um, I am uh, too emotional about it. I'm trying to ease into it this season. (laughs) But my Leafs Leafs obsession is, you know, it's real. It is real. Where did that come from? Was your dad a Leafs fan? Were you uh, not at all? The, no? He was the opposite of a hockey fan. Uh-huh. My, I used to go every Saturday night, like literally every Saturday night, I would go across the street to Ralph and Myrna Walker's house 
we lived on the top of the hill exiting Walkerton for um, Hanover. And uh, every night I would head over and watch the game. And somewhere around the, you know, halfway through the second period, a call would come from home. Bob's got to come home. It's getting late. And then somewhere early in the third period, my dad would walk down to the basement and say, okay, it's time to go. And <laughs> then we would all sit and watch the game while he said, I don't know the Leafs. I don't like the Leafs are no good, blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, dad, you don't know anything about hockey. And, and I would sit there with Ralph Walker and watch hockey every Saturday night. No, but I was, I loved the Leafs growing up and I still, I still do. And I've, after I went to Laurier, I moved to New York, went to acting school and I don't know, somewhere along the way, even just being on an island there, I became even more sort of passionate <laughs> as a Leafs fan. And now the last three years I've lived in Buffalo, New York, and I have in fact converted to the Bills, but I am still full on wearing my Leafs gear around town and wow. my kids are Leafs fan. They wear their stuff to school. You may have seen on social media. Sometimes I yeah, try and personally <laughs> will them will them through the uh, playoffs, etc. I have things to say. Once in a while, I see your posts, and I always pray quietly in my heart that you're getting some help. <laughs> that seems like an appropriate prayer after you've seen some of those. Oh, that's hilarious. You know what? I'm looking. I'm sitting in my sound booth at home here, and I'm looking at a uh, this. I wish this was filmed because you'd get a kick out of it. You know, I've had a lot of interaction in my career with Disney. Three of the Broadway shows I've done have been Disney shows. The most recent one was Frozen, and I played Wesselton, and I was on a Disney cruise performing for one night on this cruise. Anyway, the end of this, it's a long story. The end of the story is on that journey, I met the guy who animated my character in the movie, the Duke of Wesselton in Frozen, and he's he created Olaf and all these things. Da, da, da. And we became friendly. He's from Ottawa, lives in L.A., but he's from Ottawa. He's a Senators fan and also a Kings fan. But we talked hockey every time we bumped into each other. Leafs, you know, he was against the Leafs, and I had a lot to say. And we became very friendly. When we left and we exchanged numbers, he said, if you're in L.A., come and see, you know, look around, I'll show you what we do and blah, blah, blah. And when I got off the plane coming back, this was out in Alaska and we flew to Toronto, drove back to Buffalo. I got an email with a drawing that he did of Wesselton as a goalie, because he knew I was goalie in net with a Leafs jersey on and the puck go, you know, if you don't know it, but Wesselton in the movie, his hair flips off. He bows and his hair does a big flip. So yeah. not in the Broadway show, but in the movie. So he's got the puck going under the hair that like over top of the net, I'll send you a picture later, but it says to Bobby, go, go Leafs, go. And he's got Wesselton. And this is the guy who drew Wesselton in the movie with Wesselton and net in a Leafs jersey. And I have it framed in my sound booth here. Wow. Isn't that fun? That's a one of a kind little thing, but it, it made my heart very happy. Talk a little bit about RJ. Doc Creighton. Oh, love to. A lot of people who listen to you probably knew, you know, or there'll be many people who remember him. He was the a family doctor in Walkerton for 57 years. He practiced there. Passed away a year and a half ago at the age of 88. Lived a phenomenal life. Impacted people throughout that whole journey. The town, nothing to do with my family or anything, named a street after him several months after he passed away. And going home to celebrate him, in that time, people told me stories. He did things that, you know, he would never talk about, that his kids wouldn't know, but how he impacted and supported the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just wired in a way that I'm so grateful for because it's meant that I got wired in a certain way. He was an optimist, you know, looked for the good in people and 
if he was, uh, if we lived in a different time, he would have been a holistic doctor because he knew people's stories and he was interested in people's stories. It didn't matter if you were the most important person in town or you were the the guy sweeping the curb or you were whatever you were. He, he treated everybody the same and was interested in your story. And he saw their whole being like, so he knew their story, but he also knew all their medical issues. Couldn't always remember their name, but he knew everything about their medical history. And, uh, you know, could say, well, your back's hurting because you're, you know, he knew what was going on in their life. And um, he was just really interesting that way, kind of ahead of his time in that way. He was a supporter of mine all along the way. He was married to my mom for 36 years. Mm -hmm. uh, she died young at the age of 60. And then lucky guy, two years later, he married Karen. They were married for 25 years before he passed away. So he, he really, uh, he was a fortunate guy in that regard. But he really supported me all along the way. He said, as long as you're going to stay in school, I'll support you. Then when you go on your journey after that, you know, you're on your own because I wanted to go right from high school, move to Toronto, be a professional actor. I'm going to do it. This is it. Yeah. He said, that's great. Good luck. And, uh, you know, we'll be cheering for you. <laughs> and, uh, he said, if you want to go to school, I'm, I think you should and go get trained properly, et cetera, then I'll support that. But, you know, and so school became a better idea just at that moment Yeah. And, uh, to build the foundation of training, as I, as I tell young people, but just, uh, so lucky to have had him as my model in terms of how to handle adversity because in my journey, you know, of course, it's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of you have to build a resilience and an optimism because that's why 90% of the people in my business go away because it's just hard, you know, and it, there's a lot of roadblocks and obstacles. And unless you can keep believing that the good things are coming, then, uh, you, you know, you, you do something easier. So it is a tough I, business, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely attribute that being instilled in me by him. I would call him a Walkerton legend, you know, like he's just uh, known for his competitiveness at the golf and curling club and for supporting that, you know, bonds bills there and all the things. And just a, just a great guy. It was sad, you know, sad to lose him a year and a half ago at age 88, but also just fully realized what a great life he had. And he would have said the same. Did he or your mom have any, pardon the word, artsy, yeah. genetic, like was he a dramatic actor? Did he ever want to be? No, um, no, neither of them would have wanted to uh, aspire to be on a stage per se. They were beautiful dancers together. They used to have these things in Walkerton called the Bluebird Ball and other charity balls and things. And, and uh, you know, I'm the youngest of six kids and we would all go and at times we just stand and watch my mom and dad so beautifully dance around the floor. And so we all kind of learned to do that too. And they loved music and they consciously exposed us to things growing up. We would go to the city, go to Toronto or Kitchener-Waterloo and see the big shows and stay in a hotel and, you know, we're exposed to that. And, you know, that lit a fire for me for sure. And I have, you know, my oldest sister, Debbie Lou, who led the way musically in that in that way and sang in a group out of Clifford called the Young Four that used to perform everywhere and she's still involved with music and teaches at Laurier and but they were conscious about exposing us to it and then certainly as I showed some gifts in that area playing piano and playing trumpet and getting singing lessons and because I wanted wanted that so Broadway talk about that yeah that was uh that really became the dream. I went to Wilfrid Laurier and did a vocal degree. But while I was there, I was always in battles with my singing teacher because I wanted to sing Broadway music. And of course, it was a classical program. But I finished that as quickly as I could to get to New York City. And, and the first time I saw, you know, I'd already seen shows, Broadway shows, but that are on tour. But the first time I went to New York and saw a couple shows and 
I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I studied there and, and then uh, it took me 10 years to get my first Broadway show. I worked a lot in that time. I worked two seasons at New York City Opera and I toured for a year and I did the first year of Lion King in Toronto. You know, so I was working in big things, but I Broadway was the goal and the dream. And then finally cracked the nut there in 2003 and uh, a show that lasted a very short period of time, but didn't matter. It was still thrilling and I didn't sully the memory of finally accomplishing that. And then uh, I've done eight of them since and some I've come like Lion King. I was back in on Broadway last year playing Timon again for a period of time. So you've done eight um, Broadway shows? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. so I've been really fortunate, and, and half of them have been original, like a, the original cast, and others I've been plugged into, like Lion King. I'd played Timon in Toronto and L.A., and then got plugged into the Broadway one, and I played Amos in Chicago, you know, in the Broadway show Chicago, and, you know, that had already been running. Maybe more than four of them have been original, actually, companies, so that's fun. Like Little Mermaid, original company, Frozen, original company. Yeah, and it's just been, I never, the novelty is never worn off for me, Phil. I love it. When I'm doing that, I feel like I, I'm truly living living the dream. I'm grateful to go every day. Love the community. I love going on a dressing room. Frozen, I was there for two years, happily signed up for the third when the uh, a month into it, the pandemic shut Broadway down. But, you know, my dressing roommate and I, uh, who was just nominated for Tony last year, Kevin Delagio, we just had so much fun and we had another guy in there for a year and then a second year who were both great guys and the three of us would just laugh and talk and and then i i'd watch the hockey game i'd go out to a scene come back to the room put the game back on you know it was like uh, i loved my life there yeah. and and uh, you know i love my life anyway but but doing broadway you at that's what you asked about um for me was was the dream and i've been very very fortunate in that regard you going back Oh, yeah, I'll be back. Yep. In fact, currently, the show that I co-created and, and uh, star in called Cagney, about the life of James Cagney, I just, we had a real off-Broadway hit, 15 months, which is a long, long time to run off-Broadway in New York. And then I've done a couple other places, LA, did a workshop in England, London, England last year, and uh, just did a, another workshop with a new director. And I think we're going to get a Broadway theater next year. And if that happens, Phil, you better come to New York. Oh, man. Let me know. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to happen. It's real. It's a real thing. And, I don't know uh, that in most people's minds, uh, in, including mine, that it gets any bigger than Broadway anywhere in the world. Is that intimidating to you? Uh, Ever been? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I recognize and I am aware and that's part of the gratitude that that is sort of the pinnacle of what of if you're aspiring to do this as on stage, that is sort of the pinnacle. I don't think it's. Now, intimidating, I wouldn't use that as the word. I'm conscious of being part of that history now. Like when we were doing Frozen, one night we sang uh, the theme, we sang a song from Oklahoma after the curtain call with the cast to celebrate the 75th anniversary of o Oklahoma opening on that stage, you know, on that very stage. So then you get, you're like, wow, you know, I get to be part of this. It's, it's thrilling. And I recognize, you know, like it's not an automatic, no matter what stage you get to. Like I'm, I've done eight shows on Broadway. I got a lot of relationships. You know, people know who I am there, and et cetera, et cetera. But that doesn't mean you just walk out of one and into the next. Like it is a, uh, it is an ongoing challenge mm -hmm. to find the right. And, and at some point you stop doing certain kinds of things. So you become more specific about what you want to do there. And, um, you know, and it's, it never gets 
it does not get easy. <laughs> or, you what's know, the, what's so, the dream for Bobby Creighton then? Robert Creighton, what's the, what's his dream role? Interesting. Cagney, I've gotten to play a thousand times now, but if it happens on Broadway, that would be because that was an idea that started in acting school. Mm-hmm. I wrote the show and then collaborated with people and wrote more of the show. And if that happened, that'd be great. Mind boggling, in fact. But for me, there's a couple of them. I'd like to play Cyrano de Bergerac. And that's not really a realistic dream role. I just am so enamored with that character and that <laughs> piece. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that is sure. One. I'd like to play Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls, which I was supposed to do at a theater just when I got frozen and, and uh, I, I wasn't able to end up doing it. But that'd be fun. I got a few of them. You are bringing a show to Victoria Jubilee Hall in your hometown of Walkerton. Talk a little bit about that. I'm so excited. I And it, this wasn't planned, but it seems I come there about every six years to do a show yeah. since uh, I made an album back in 2011, 12. And, um, and then I was there in 2017, and I'm coming back December 9th of this year. And it's called Bringing Broadway Home for the Holidays. And really, it'll be the first time I've done a concert there without my, uh, certainly without my dad there. Oh. And so that's a bit poignant in a way, but it also is a way for me to come and celebrate him and to see people. And uh, there's no one who's ever not been encouraging to me from Walkerton. Like whenever something's happening, I always get notes and things from people from decades ago who say, way to go, Bob. You know, they would call me Bob, not Bobby. I, I am grateful, so grateful that I grew up there and that I had the opportunities I had there and developed the values that I that are instilled in me because of, you know, where I grew up and who I grew up around. And um, so for me to come home and get to perform in that hall is just, I'm really excited about it. In fact, I've, I was saying to my wife last night, I'm kind of grinding over the song list because I want to <laughs> sing, you know, I just want it to be, I want I want to bring something great for people, you know. Yeah. So I oh I should sing that, but if I do that, it's I can't. Anyway, but I'm really excited about it, and I hope uh, it'll kick off if it hasn't already for people. Sort of the the Christmas holiday season. What do you do for backup? I have a trio oh. uh, that I all Canadian musicians, Ontario musicians. The musical director for the evening, the piano player, is a guy named Darren D'Souza, who was the for ten years the musical director of the Canadian Tenors. And uh, he now works with Drayton at times. Alex Mustakis, who runs Drayton, uh, recommended him to me. I called Alex and said, hey, I need, I want to hire some people up there. Who do you recommend? And that was his first recommendation. So that was pretty cool. And what's the date again, Bobby? December 9th. 9th, Saturday, Saturday. December 9th, yeah. 7.30 p.m. And you can get tickets either right at the Victoria Jubilee Hall site or if you go on Robert Creighton NYC. The links are right there. The first things you see at Robert Creighton NYC. That's the best place to stay up with all things Robert Creighton? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm very lucky. My wonderful wife, Whitney, is, uh, we met because she did the, oversaw the digital advertising for Broadway shows. That's Mm -hmm. what she does. And and so she kind of manages things in that regard because I'm not great at it. So she sort of keeps it updated and tells me that I'm doing silly things on social media. Why are you doing that? And... uh, but yes, the website, uh, she had her guy redo it, and it's quite lovely now, actually. We like to wrap up our little chats on our podcast with a thing. Uh, it's relatively new with a thing we call the Fast Five. So it's five random questions in as fast as you can answer. 
You ready? I love it. Bring it. Favorite role you've ever played? Moonface Martin, Anything Goes. Favorite thing about growing up in Walkerton? The hockey. I love the hockey. Favorite snack? Crispers. All dressed crispers. Can't get them in the United States? (laughs) Feel free to bring a bag to the show. Okay. What's your favorite month? June. And your all-time favorite movie? Gosh, you're killing me. Um, uh, Singing in the Rain. I know it's not a Cagney film, but I got to go Singing in the Rain. I can watch it every single darn time. Perfect. But then there's, but then there's Yankee Doodle Dandy. There's Angels with Dirty Faces. The Roaring Twenties. All the Cagney ones. Oh, don't get me started, Phil. Bonus question: If the Leafs no longer existed, could you cheer for Montreal? No. <laughs> you just I love gonna... the city, but I would pick another team. You're giving up hockey. I think, well, I don't know. That's, I shouldn't say it so definitively, but it would be very, very hard for me emotionally. Uh, then I would need to seek help just to make the transition. Uh, Bobby Creighton, you're a fun guy. And I know it's going to be a great show at the Thanks, uh, Victoria Jubilee Hall on the 9th. You said 7.30? 7.30, yes. Perfection. And that's show 38, all wrapped up and under the tree for you. A huge thanks to Joanne Sutton for coming in today. Victoria Jubilee Hall, one of the iconic and most beautiful spots. Great performance venue and more in Walkerton. And of course, Bobby Creighton, Robert Creighton, Broadway star, Walkerton native. And he'll be at the hall coming up later this week if you're listening after. Of course, you can always check Bobby's workout from his website. Just Google Victoria Jubilee Hall or Robert Creighton. You'll get all the information you need. Very excited about some of the upcoming shows the rest of this month. Next week, Tom Fincher will be here. We'll talk about his dad, Dennis, and an iconic store on the square in Godrich. Fincher's, I remember when it was a smoke shop, but it's been there for most of our entire lives. We'll discuss Fincher's. I absolutely love the place, always have. Later on in the month, one of my new favorite wines, Second Streetlight. We're going to talk about that. And on Christmas Day, I'll have a big Christmas concert for you with some of the area's best in local music. That will uh, drop, yeah, the 25th, Christmas Day. I'm Phil Main. Till we catch up again, I hope you have a life that's good.